Due to technical difficulties, the first few minutes of today's sermon is not available. We apologize for the inconvenience. So just doing good doesn't produce maturity. It doesn't produce growth. Another thing we do is this. Trying to keep the rules. Now, are rules good? Sure, you got to have rules to have society. You have to have rules in a family. So a lot, lots of you have little kids or little grandkids. and got to have rules, right? You know, but you have a seatbelt on in the car. And you have a bedtime. And brush your teeth before you go to bed, etc., etc., etc. When they're small, there's lots of rules. As they get older, what do you do? You don't watch them brush their teeth. You say, hey, you need to brush your teeth. I'm not going to watch you. Hope you will do it. You're a little older. You know, there's not a curfew, a bedtime, curfew. All those things change. You give them more freedom. That's important for you or or them to grow, isn't it? Are they going to be mature enough to brush their teeth without me making them, for example? It's a good thing for them. Now, as you give kids more freedom, they're also going to make more mistakes, aren't they? Now, we say you can learn from your mistakes. That's a potential learning activity, a mistake. Does everybody learn from their mistakes? Have you ever made the same mistake more than once? So we don't necessarily learn from our mistakes, but we need to have the opportunity to make mistakes. Try another illustration. You're out in the middle of the ocean in a rowboat. Nobody around, you have no food or water, you're basically doomed. Can't save yourself. But you're trying, you're rowing as fast as you can. You don't know what direction, you're thousands of miles away from land, but you're trying. All of a sudden you see a cruise ship on the horizon, and across the side it says God's grace. And the boat comes up next to you and says, hey, would you like to come on board? Now, at that point, you can say, no, I'm going to row myself to safety. But you're smart. You're going to say, hey, yes, I, this is wonderful. This is fantastic. I can't believe my good luck, if you want to use that term. So you get on the boat, and the boat has everything you want, right? Uh, all the food you want, entertainment, etc. But then you beat to thinking about that boat, your little rowboat, and saying, you know what? Can you bring that rowboat up on the deck? Sure, bring the rowboat up. You get in the rowboat and you start rowing. And you say, you know, I got to keep trying. Now, that's a pretty silly illustration, but we do that sometimes. We keep all those rules and it's going to make me grow spiritually. Actually, we have a name for that, trying to keep all those rules. It's called religion. We don't use that term here because this is about a relationship (laughs) uh, with God. But religion is trying to keep the rules. It's trying to get to God by keeping the rules. It doesn't bring growth. Now, again, it's a good thing to do, but it doesn't bring growth. The third thing that doesn't bring growth is this, feeling bad. I messed up. If I really feel bad about messing up, I'll not do it the next time. Now, let me just ask you honestly, is that true? It's not true. In fact, often we feel bad about it. I feel bad anyway. I might as well do it, keep doing it or do it again. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about God saying that if you're in Christ, if you're a Jesus follower, there is no condemnation. 
God does not condemn you or I. None, zero, absolutely never ever going to condemn you. So it isn't coming from God. It's coming from ourselves, and it doesn't help you grow. Just makes you feel bad. (laughs) I think we'd all agree that we are in favor of growing. We're in favor of maturing. We're in favor of being better parents and better spouses and and hopefully, if you're a Jesus follower, better Jesus followers. The problem is we're not willing to do what it takes to grow. I'm not willing to go to the gym and lift the weights for an hour. I'm not willing to stop eating donuts. So we're going to look at something that Paul wrote. We've been talking about Paul a lot. He was a guy that kept was trying to do these things. Well, they're, not, they're gone now. But he, he tried to do those things. Oh, we got them back. He did lots of good things we he thought were good things. In fact, he got Jesus followers put in prison because he thought that was a good thing. He had some of them even killed. He was a, something called a Pharisee. They were experts at keeping rules. Way, way better than you and I keeping rules. And he kept those rules. And I assume he felt bad about when he broke the rules. <clears throat> but he had this dramatic encounter with God. He became a Jesus follower, and he's going to explain to us the process of growth as a Jesus follower as opposed to, in that case, a Pharisee. And it's in a a letter he wrote to a church in Ephesus, and we're going to look at, it's it's titled chapter 4, verses 21 through 24, just a couple verses. And here's how he starts. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Now, maybe you haven't heard. You never heard before. This is the first time you heard today, maybe. But you have to hear something to be able for it to change you. Silly illustration, but I decided I want to become a mountain climber. I have no idea how to climb a mountain. So I've got to here have access to information about mountain climbing. Otherwise, I'm not going mountain climbing. So you first you have to hear. After you hear, though, does it automatically mean you're going to learn it? Parents, you only have to tell your kids one thing. I mean, something one time. And they got it, right? Does your boss have to tell you something only one time or do you have to tell your spouse or or you have to tell yourself something one time no so repetition is really important but it's important what you get repeated also you have to learn it but you have to learn the truth now everything on the internet is true right I can get on the internet and read some article about mountain climbing by somebody who knows nothing about mountain climbing I think this is truth and then go out and die or try to mountain climb. It's important that the information you learn is truth. And if you're a Jesus follower, we know that truth is Jesus. Truth comes from Jesus. Truth comes through Jesus. We don't have to worry about that, do we? But another aspect that's really important here is it can't be just intellectual facts. The easiest way for me to illustrate this is we all know facts about people. Anybody, anybody here met the president? Okay, nobody here has met the president. 
We can go online and find all kinds of information, truthful information, hopefully, about the president. But we really don't know him. We don't have a relationship with him. It's not experiential truth. Same thing with mountain climbing. I get all this information about the mountain climbing. Until I go mountain climbing, it's still just intellectual facts. So we've got to hear, we've got to learn it, it's got to be truth, and then we've got to incorporate it or experience it if it's going to impact our life or impact our relationship, impact our maturity, our growth. Then he's going to give us three specific things to do. And again, the hard thing in this whole process is what is God's part and what is my part? He's going to tell us what is God's part and what's God's part. So here's the first part. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. So we have to say, hey, no, I've got to stop doing those old things. Again, we'll go use the health, physical health illustration. It's probably easiest. <clears throat> All right. I haven't been eating very well and I've been a couch potato and I'm not very healthy, so I'm going to change First thing I have to say is, hey, I've got to change, stop eating donuts, and I've got to stop being a couch potato, right? I've got to throw off, get rid of those bad habits, if you will. He describes them as sinful uh, habits or nature. And the interesting thing about it, it's corrupted by lust and deception, it's a lie. You know, I'm happier, not healthy. This is, you know, not exercising, eating crummy food is, <laughs> is good. It's a lie. It's not true. So we need to have the truth. Part of the truth is the past is the past. Because it doesn't matter how bad I ate or how much of a couch potato was in the past. From now on, I'm going to change. Lots of ways to think about this. If you're married, at one time you were single. When you got married... You had to throw off the single life or your spouse wouldn't appreciate it very much, would they? I'm going to keep dating other people. No, 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 no. We're married now. That activity stops. That's thrown off. Those of you who are parents, at one time you weren't parents. When you become parents, you have to throw off the non-parent life. Somebody's going to be parents over here pretty soon. Yeah, I don't know, maybe we're out on dates on Friday nights. When the baby comes, you're not going out on dates on Friday night unless you're taking them with you, okay? You have to throw off that old life and come to new life. Now, most of us, you know, choosing to get married, that is maturing. That is something good. That's a good change. Having children, that's maturing. That's changing, doing something good. But you've got to stop the old to start the new. Then he says something really interesting, <clears throat> Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. We spent a whole week last week talking about attitudes, but let the Spirit renew your attitudes and thoughts. It's not automatic. You have to let it, or let Him, the Holy Spirit, renew your thoughts. You can resist it, or you can ignore it, or Him. So you have to participate. You have to accept it. You have to welcome the Spirit's renewing of your thoughts and attitudes. Well, if you're a Jesus follower or not, you look at yourself for the past year. All right. A year ago, I was like this. Now I'm like this. 
Are you a better spouse, a better parent, a better Jesus follower, a better person? Now, one way you can tell if you're a better Jesus follower, we talked about this recently. Jesus, yeah, last week we talked about attitude. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And if you want to test if you're maturing as a, as a person or as a Jesus follower, are you more willing and, and are you serving other people, helping other people and not resenting it, actually enjoying it? That's a sign of maturing. And then there's a third thing, and that's put on the new nature, created like God, truly righteous and holy. You don't live in a vacuum. You don't stop doing these things and don't do anything. You make changes. You do develop new habits, if you will. And if you're Jesus follower, this should be noticeable. Now, some of you folks have known me a long time. I've known you a long time. Hopefully, you're a more mature person now, and, and I'm a more mature, more mature person now. I don't lose my temper as much as I used to. I'm more, more loving and kind to people, etc., etc. Now, part of the problem in change is motivation, isn't it? <laughs> to get up off the couch and go exercise. Motivation. If you're Jesus followed, the exciting thing is this. You have the motivation. The Holy Spirit that dwells in you is your motivation. I might not always be motivated. Is the Spirit of God always motivated? Absolutely. So we can pray that prayer. I'm not motivated to God today. Help me be motivated. So we have the motivation. We just have to do it. Let me give you another illustration. Back in the 1860s, we had a, it's called the Civil War in the United States. One of the reasons that war was fought was over the issue of slavery. President Lincoln got up one day and gave a speech called the Dec- uh, Proclamation, uh, Emancipation Proclamation, that's it. Emancipation Proclamation. So, if you were a slave the day before, he gave the speech, technically you're not a slave today. Is that what happened? No. In fact, a lot of people didn't even know it happened. They hadn't heard it. So they weren't free. I mean, technically they were free, but they hadn't heard it. They hadn't learned it. They didn't know it. Other people had heard it, but they were comfortable being slaves. They didn't want to. It would be uncomfortable to, to be out there and have the freedom on my own. And so technically they were free. Did they live like free people? No, they didn't. And the same thing with you and I. The old preacher said it this way, I ain't what I want to be. I ain't what I used to be. And by thank God, I ain't what I used to be. And not all I'm going to be. So let's summarize what Paul said this way. Growth is not accomplished by trying. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute but by trusting. It's not about my willpower, but God's power. So, what does bring growth? First, get rid of the old way. I mean, saying, okay, doing good is good, but it doesn't bring growth. Doing good is a product of growth. It doesn't bring growth. It's a fact that I am growing that I do good. Rules don't bring growth. They're kind of uh, 
give you direction, but they don't give growth. And certainly feeling bad doesn't get, bring growth. So I've got to get rid of those, those ideas, those concepts. Secondly, embrace a new way. Again, you can't be in a vacuum. You've got to embrace a new way. Now, a couple things I need to say about this new way or, or God's grace way is, one, you don't have to achieve this new way and this new nature. I mean, illustrate this way. Somebody gives you a $1,000 suit or ladies a $10,000 dress. Now, you have options to do with this clothing, right? You can put it in your closet and say, that's too expensive for me to wear. I'm going to get some scraps of cloth and sew this suit together and wear it. And God's up in heaven saying, hey, I gave you this expensive suit. Put it on. Wear it. I have given to you. It's given to you. Also about this new way or this new nature is the fact that I don't have to keep this new nature. Try and illustrate it this way. Anybody ever? No, don't raise your hand. We've all locked our keys in our car, haven't we? All right. Now we locked our car wanting to keep what's inside safe. Of course, we put the keys in there too. And of course, they're safe also. God keeps you safe. He's got the keys. They're inside the car. So I don't have to keep it, but I do have to do something. I do have to put on this new nature. I'm going to try and, some of you are visual learners, I'm going to try and give you a visual illustration. Now here's an old work sweatshirt shirt that I've worn a lot of times and I really like it because it really keeps me warm in cold weather. This is going to represent this old nature. Now, what I see people do as a pastor, what I see people do is say, hey, God wants to give me a new nature. And they try and put it on over the old one because this old one's comfortable. And they try and put it on over top of the old one. And the result is it doesn't look too good and it doesn't feel very good either. It's not very comfortable. But that's one way we try and do it. The other way we try and do it is this way. Well, you know, I like some of that God stuff. But I like some of my old stuff. So I'm going to just kind of be half in and half out. You know, and that's the way I'm going to be comfortable. Uh, again, it doesn't look too good. It's not very comfortable, but that's kind of some of the two ways I see people try and do the growth thing. What did Paul tell us? That how do you have to do it? You got to get rid of this one. It may be comfortable in some ways, but I, I got to get rid of this one and put the new one on. And as longer you do this, the more comfortable this new one gets on. I haven't had this very long, but this one's more comfortable now than that one. And the same thing when we mature and grow. Now, how often do you have to take that old one off and put the new one on? As many times as it takes, as often as it takes. It may be once a day. It may be 10 times a day. It may be 100 times a day. You know, I, I find myself, oh, I'm talking the way I used to talk no, I need to stop talking that way and talk this way. I'm treating people the way I used to treat people. No, I've got to treat people th- this new way. Um, I was spending my time, wasting my time, really. I need to, to, to be more productive with my time. Now, the problem with this putting off and putting on thing is it's really hard, isn't it? And that's why the next part is so important. Change my thinking. One way to think about this is see the way God sees. Because, again, that's truth. 
So there's old things that were kind of comfortable that I kind of like. I got to see them as not productive. And the way I was talking was not mature. It was not benefiting my relationship. The way I was spending my time, etc. Now God sees us, as we talked about a few weeks ago, as capable and lovable, even though we, we technically aren't and we don't see ourselves that way. We also used a verse last week about, I can do all things. I can do everything. And I gave you a couple silly illustrations, but I'm going to give you another one today. I don't sing very well. It's not a secret to most of you that know me, certainly to my family. And sometimes I'll hear a song, I have a song in my head, and I'll try and sing it to, most of the time to my wife. And she'll just kind of look at me, and I don't know. And then I might find it online or someplace or CD or something and play it. And she said, oh, that's the song. <laughs> okay. I-, I could take music lessons and I could probably learn to sing better than I do now. But I'm really never going to be a singer. Now, here's the point. It's not about determination. It's not about willpower. I'm going to learn to sing. It's about determined dependence on God. And there's areas of your life where you want to change. It's not about determination, willpower, because willpower always eventually fails. It's about determined dependence on God. Now, here's what happens. Another silly illustration. Get on a big airplane. Chuck and Marty, you just went out to Seattle. You're on this plane halfway to Seattle. You've got it up to speed. you got it up to, to height. And all of a sudden you say, hey, this is great. Thank you, God, but I'll take care of the rest myself. And you open the door and jump out. Obviously, you guys didn't do that because uh, you're here. What happens if you jump out? Bam, you fall like a rock. God's grace doesn't only get you started. It keeps you going. Now, some churches use a, a term wrongly here. When we do that, when we stop depending on God and start depending on ourselves, that is what I consider falling from grace. Falling from the fellowship, falling from the defense. doesn't fall from the relationship. You can't do that. So what do you do when you start falling? Well, Peter, remember he started sinking in the water. Some of you know that story. What do you do? Help! Which Jesus picked him up out. That's all you and I have to do. Oh, yeah, I need to start depending on you. Now, finish up with two questions and we'll be, we'll be done. Why does it take so long? And the best way I can explain this is anything of worth takes, is it, uh, there's great cost to it. And here's the illustration. But latest statistic. Parents, I don't want to shock you, especially some of you have added a new child to your life, but it's going to cost you about $1.5 million to raise that child. Now, I've got, had raised four kids. I don't know where... Six million dollars came from, but anyway, that's what they say the cost is. <laughs> the question is, was it worth it? Well, absolutely. I think in my case it was worth it. In your case, you figure it's worth it. And that's why it takes so long. In fact, it's going to take as long as we're here on earth. And last question, where do I start the growth process? And it's simply with this word. Trust. Trust. I got to trust the truth is true. I got to trust that depending on God or cooperating with God will bring us back. And hopefully this will help you relax a little. Now I'll finish with this illustration. 
I've done a lot of remodeling work. Some of you maybe have bought an older house and so forth. And you, and you go in a room and you see this wall and there's a hole in the wall and you think, hey, I'll just go patch the hole in the wall. But then you kind of look a little closer and you find out, hey, there's bad wiring behind this wall. And then you have to tear all the drywall off and the plaster off and rewire it and put it put drywall back on. So it gets, begins to look worse before it looks better. But God says, you've got to change the wiring because I'm going to give you a power source that the old wiring can't handle. And it's just going to blow up in your face. And so God has to, you know, strip us down and start from basically from scratch in that remodeling process. So let's sum it up again. Growth is not accomplished by trying hard. My willpower, it will eventually fail but by trusting in God's power. Now, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I didn't write it down, but here it is. We all have areas of our life where we would like to grow, mature, and change. And it's kind of overwhelming, isn't it? I'd better be a better spouse, a better dad, a better Jesus follower, a better employee, a better student, whatever. Pick one area, (laughs) all right, to work on this week. Maybe it's your physical health. I don't know. Pick some area you want to make an improvement on and try the process, all right? It's going to challenge you to try the process. Put off the old, I'd renew your mind, and put on the new. Next week, we're going to finish up this series on grace, kind of try, try and tie it all together. We hope that you can join us. And uh, we'll pray and then have one final song. Father God, thank you. <clears throat> Hopefully some of these illustrations would help, help me, help the folks here understand this growth process, and maturing process. As Jesus followers, we have the, the, the power, the motivation in, inside of us. We need to, to learn it, to experience it, to cooperate. Anyone here that's not a Jesus follower, we would pray, God, that today they would see the need uh, to have an outside source come in and provide uh, the power they need to, to mature and make the changes in their life, in the relationships. God, we thank you so much that you offer us this grace. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, you have your connection card, response cards. We'll collect those in a few minutes. Let us know about questions, comments, prayer requests, any decisions you might be making. If you've got questions, you put them on there. Or I receive those right after service is over, and I can look at them. Or you can actually hand it to me personally after service is over. Thank you.